they need to have like your ability to swap your loadout cards so you right. can just have like different. I, I sent a tweet to Pete Hines like three or four weeks ago that he responded to. the 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 tweet was perk card loadouts, bro? Question mark at Pete Hines, and he, he responded respond? and said, "I'm waiting for them too," which I took to mean they're probably coming in Wastelanders because he's waiting for Wastelanders like I am, right? I know he's the guy who runs the company, but he also probably he acknowledged plays, you. He probably he's, plays he's his the, own he's game. The head of marketing. He's the head and of marketing. And then the mm-hmm. the Wastelanders. He absolutely knew. He's like, I'm waiting too, man. But but Wait. Wastelanders comes out and it's not there. Now is it coming in a patch in three weeks? Is it coming with an, another update further down the road that adds to the Wastelanders? Who knows? Welcome to episode 247 of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. My name is Felix Herg. <laughs> Fucked up my own name. Why don't you start over? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to start over. Fuck that. Who Dude, am I here? This is you're like, here's a welcome to the Emergent Gamer Podcast. You're trying so hard. Man. I did so, so well and then fucked up my own name. <laughs> this is Felix Hergood and I'm here with Neo Ayoshi and... and- and Trip Zero. Like, is he going to say our name? Is he going to just fucking make us win? I'm not going to say your names. I'm giving that up to you. We're here. We're this back. is how I Hello do the again. show, bitches. This is how I it's do true. the show. It's true. If you're bringing it in, it's your rules. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we got a bunch of things we're going to talk about. Uh, some of, uh, Maybe just one news point, um, but we all have been stuck in quarantine, and all of us are just playing games. That's what we're Shit doing. Um, there was a huge drop in my life. There was a huge drop in Trip and Neo's life. Uh, games that we love, in other words. That's what I mean by a drop. Um, and we just want to discuss the games that we love. Um, and first, first, I need to talk about something. You, you talk about it. I want you to talk about it. I am now I am now on day fifty-six of not getting a haircut. And you my know, God. You know the number. <laughs> Come on, man. It's I remember up. I remember my last my last appointment. Yeah, I do. And my beard I've let grow out and I am getting I'm like real Wolverine right now. I'm feeling the Wolverine. Yeah, you're definitely in. you're like Jackman and like maybe like uh X like, X Men the Last Stand. Am I, yeah, am I, you're uh, le- no, you're not. You're not like Logan yet, but you're. Ex- I, I could gel girl. my hair and do the Wolverine points. Oh, I could do, wow, that would be cool. Hundred percent, do that. Maybe that I'll do that for the next, next show. week. That would be amazing. Yeah, I just had to give Quite that update it. because my God, I really want to cut my hair. Um. Yeah. So we just want to want to talk about stuff. I think you guys are really chomping at the bit to talk about this uh, Final Fantasy thing. And, oh uh, yeah, dude! Just some little game, yeah. Little tiny, game. and I think you should Just probably tiny small release. I, I definitely think my my news or uh, one of the updates I want to give is for Resident Evil Three. That would go better toward the end, you know, um, to lead into us talking about uh, the news, some of the news. So cool. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely go last. Why don't I start with like Valorant? How about yeah? That? Let's talk yeah, about Valorant. That's perfect. Is that cool? Just get that out of the way. Um, I watched your. We could do Valorant. You do Valorant, RE3, then Final Fantasy, right? Just to kind of like... I see what he wanted to do. He wanted to transition RE3 into the news. Because oh, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, because yeah, okay, there's okay. a news point I'm about cool. Resident Evil. Cool. Yeah. I'm cool. Um, so tell us so about we, Valorant. I did watch your gameplay. 
Uh, yeah. So what what did you think of it? I mean, <laughs> not your kind of game. When it comes down to it, I'm never going to understand the appeal of repetitive shoot. I just don't yeah. get it. Mm-hmm. It's just me. It's just me. I get. I appreciate people who are passionate about any video game. So if you love rep- this repetitive shooter, I encourage you to play it. What What do you think of it? Because you you play them a lot. I I do, and like a lot of my gaming roots are in like Quake and Counter Strike. That's like where my roots are. Yeah, right. Back in the yeah. day in competitive shootings, and this is very much a game in the vein of Counter Strike. You are. It's everything's round based. You die. During a round, you wait for the match to end, and then you you reset and you see start des- over. Did I see destructive walls? So, yes and no. The walls can be shot through, and depends on the material you are shooting through. Um, so let, me, let me get into like the depth of the gameplay and how this game is like laid out. So, it is laid out like Counter-Strike, more or less, where you have Team A and Team B, and you have a defender, and you have the attackers. So, the, the attackers have a bomb with which to plant. They call it the spike. You plant it in one of the many bomb sites on the map, usually two, sometimes three. Um, and you take this and you're attacking the other team and they're defending. They're trying to figure out which one you're going to go to and attack. And that's pretty much the way matches are laid out. You look confused. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. The question I was going to ask is how similar is this to uh, Rainbow Six? Pretty similar, actually. And Rainbow Six takes a lot of cues from Counter-Strike as well, uh, more or less. Just the way the matches are laid out, you have okay. like the terrorists versus the I got what police, I guess. I don't know. The I don't know. Whoever's two teams guys, of, bad guys. I assume you're two teams Swat of team. six. Two teams of six? Uh it's six, yeah. Six or five on Valorant, I think. Yeah. But either way, so that's how the matches are laid out. Um, and what you do in the beginning of every match is you have currency that you are provided like in the game when you do well or not, um, and you buy your weapons for each round. Um, and depending on how much money you have, you can buy armor, you can buy you know, some machine guns, assault rifles, snipers, shotguns, it just does like whatever. So like the game quickly becomes a meta of like, okay, round one, can't buy a whole lot. So we're going to buy nice pistols and we're going to move in that way maybe next round we save our money again that round so we can buy better guns the third round so it depends on your positioning so like if you're starting to do really well in a match in early on then you can kind of like tailor your strategy to what weapons you want to buy that also depends on how good you are at each round because you get more money by surviving the round and not dying or even winning the round is also the money you you earn does that ever get banked or is it always lost at the end of whatever so once you switch sides in the, in the match, because the rounds are like these matches are really long. They can go upwards of like 40 minutes oh. of just of just going back and forth. But after at that at the halftime, you guys swap sides and then you become the the attackers become the defenders. Right. Um, and then all of your money that round gets lost. So like even the characters in the game will say like last round before switching sides, better spend it all like just just drop all your money on the good shit. Um Another part of this game that makes it more unique to Counter-Strike is the addition of, of character classes. So each character has, a, has a unique abilities and skills that um, will assist you in the game. And that so, aligns with how Siege works, because that has character classes. Yes, it does, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of them in Siege, but these ones are more akin to like, like fantasy-ish Overwatch characters, kind of. Oh. Like, like you have a character called Viper whose abilities, like she has her own mechanic where she retains toxins and, um, you, you have like a, like a toxin wall that you can 
turn on and off. And once you run out of toxin, you have to wait for it to recharge on your character to redeploy it. Um, but I haven't played her. So let me talk about the ones that I have played as. All right. So you have a Hanzo like guy named Sova. He's got a bow and arrow that can fire a, a tracking dart with a bow and you can set it to bounce off walls which is pretty cool so you can bounce it into rooms and down hallways um and that will send a ping out so you can see where the enemy is the and the enemies can shoot the bolt if they if they see it so they can get stop getting tracked um he's also got a oh god he's also got i'm going to confuse a lot of these abilities because they all kind of run together in my head um his special is kind of a Hanzo-like special where Hanzo will fire a giant dragon that will go through walls. So he's got something like that. It'll, he'll fire three plasma arrows that will go through walls. And, it's, and you can use that if you... Let's say, like, you can combine these skills in ways that are like, okay, I, I can track the enemy. I can see them through the walls. Okay, let me pop out my super and, and hit them um, with that through the walls. Um, I'm trying to remember his other skills right now, but I'm having a hard time remembering them. Oh my god! I should have I should have written this all down. Here's a, a go ahead. Yes, here's a better question, or I don't know if this is a relevant question. Let me know. This question sucks. Um, how does this game coming in? Are people playing this because this is just what's the it game? This is the it game right now. Are people, according to Riot's marketing? Yes, it is the it game right now. But are people or are people playing it because it's somehow uh, redefining? the genre people do believe this is going to be like the next big competitive shooter something that something that can like unseat even like like counter-strike as being like a really like top tier players will play this because because people are still playing counter-strike oh of course um but the skill ceiling for games like this they're so high like you need to be really good at the strategy the shooting and everything just to just to make it in this game and let me tell you it's really hard to be good at this game. Just, just the shooting part of it. But to answer um, your question, I feel like they're playing this kind of to both, but it's not just because it's like the newest game that's out and we're all in quarantine. Like this game has been hyped up for a long time and you're always worried about that when it happens because you're like, is this actually going to just, is it going to flop and, and fail or is it going to live up to it? But people have been wanting a game that has less randomness in it, has uh, more specific counterplay between characters, uh, more accurate gunfights, more strategic gameplay, like things that can actually be an esport based game. And this game has been delivering all of that, mm-hmm. honestly, and more in such a solid delivery. They, yeah, I mean, you definitely need that because a, a lot of the games recently tr- attempted esports. The only one that br- to break free was what Overwatch. They've done it, but they they force. I feel like they forced themselves in that position by dumping a lot of money into that that they dumped a lot of money into yeah. their over spot over esports league and for sure and thrusted itself into that spotlight but i'm not i'm not that's not me discouraging them from doing that that's a good way of doing that that's that's how you get people to watch your game and play it to be competitive at it right mm-hmm. um they're doing a similar thing uh to this by like this game has literally taken over twitch all major streamers are playing it right now, and it has to do a lot with the marketing strategies that they're using. Because in order to in order to get into this game and play it right now, you have to watch a Twitch streamer. Oh with yeah, I heard their that. drops enabled. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Just something else to call out for Felix to uh, see where they're going with this game. Riot is the same developer as League of Legends, which is one of the most popular esports games oh. in the world. Okay, so oh, yeah, it's the, one of the this, is, this is their product. This is that, their that I didn't product. know. Thank you for the context. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. <laughs> Um, and they, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess that like right at the gate that they'd be able to make such a good shooting game from where they came from, but 
They really have. A longtime listener, first time caller, Trip Zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, but overall, like even though I'm not great at this game, like by any stretch of the imagination, I can see its potential and I can tell you it is a it is a very good game to be very good at and competitive at. Um, just from like an overall like just like a broad sense of like how the game operates and how it plays. Um but yeah, I'm I'm having a really good time with it. I'm playing out and playing with some new characters uh that are just they're all really fun. They're all really unique and fun. And all their skills are are like like one character is like surveil surveillance based. You can plant cameras around, set trip wires, um, you can create lots of smoke like a, a lot of these characters will have like you'll you'll smoke areas, so you'll have to force teams to redirect their their push. Like it's all very cool how like game like matches will play out because of all the characters unique abilities and it's a lot it's really a lot of fun to like get into the nitty-gritty of that is there a plan to do, do a console version not that i necessarily will buy not it. that i've heard not that i've heard just ask. uh yeah I, and i if they do that might be a while away because this game isn't even out on pc yet like technically oh yeah, it's like they want to optimize the uh, experience and it's hard to do that not hard but like it's a very accurate based game that's not really a console player's bread and butter for gun mm-hmm. accuracy. They'd have, I feel like they have to introduce like aim assist and things like that, which is not in the game. There's a hundred percent zero aim assist. And it's very challenging in that, in that regard. Uh, so this is, um, uh, in alpha beta, a beta, the beta, like a roll, like it's a rolling beta. And think until they said the summer is going to be the main release at some point. Cool. So yeah. And if you watch me streaming it at all, you, I have drops enabled. So if you watch it, you might get a key. I don't know how that works. Which we can talk about later. Interestingly, they didn't mm-hmm. start that way, but no, they did not. But there was some backlash in the Twitch communities about what that was doing to the directory. Where do those keys show up? Uh, you, if you link your Riot account to Twitch, um, then they'll oh. you'll get a notification and you'll get an email. Um, just an account entitlement, essentially. Like as long as your account is linked to Twitch, uh, they randomly flag accounts as having access. So you don't have to input a key. You don't have to like follow anything through. They're called keys and drops because it's easier to make sense of. But like, as long as your account is paired with Riot and Twitch, you watch a streamer with drops enabled. Uh, at some point, your account will just be entitled to access the beta. Yeah, and not to mention, uh, I've seen a lot of posts online, like either bashing or praising the marketing. Like I've seen it go both ways at this point. Um, most people, the argument against their marketing is is it's it's forcing people to watch their game, which is the idea of marketing, right? Like that's the, that's a positive thing that they did. They figured out a good way to get people in streams to watch the game. But at the same time, it's also creating massive amounts of FOMO for people who want to play the game. And mm-hmm. a lot of which sour people still. about that, which is still good, right? You want people to want yeah. to play your game. I um, think the biggest problem with how they rolled it out at first was like, people were not watching streamers that did not have drops enabled. Yep. You had, you had some big name players that were, that were playing this game that weren't enrolled in the program at first to give drops. And it was driving traffic away from their channels. Yep. Yeah, that's a huge. Yeah, it was. It was pretty much because you want to play the game. Those. So you're like, well, I'm not going to support the person I like to to watch. I'm going to find someone else to stream because I can maybe earn this but, game. And usually they were all bigger. Yeah. How? Uh, how? How were people? Sorry, I really want to understand this. This is interesting. Sure. Oh, totally. Uh, how were people who were watching knowing that that was a stream? There's a little green that. word under uh, like the title of the stream that says drops enabled and you'll see that text yeah it's like there's a tag there provided by oh provided by the game just just through your twitch integration oh so like twitch integration. yeah Uh, yeah so these these accounts they were given access at first uh of course have to link their own broadcaster accounts 
with Riot, and that'll make it pop up on their stream almost like I think it was around where category is right now on Twitch, somewhere around there. You'll see like a big green like drops enabled for this game. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how you know. Yep. But that's Valorant. Uh, it's a game you'll probably see me play a lot more. Uh, our, our Discord's, as we all get access to the game, we're all playing it right now. Um, Locke is playing it. I wanted to have him on tonight to talk about it more, too, because he's honestly, like, I played with him last night. He's freaking pretty great at the game, even though not by, like, pro standards, but, like, he's, like, very, I'm not going to say that. Uh, he's, very, he's very enjoyable to watch because he's very skilled at the game. And once you get a good strategy going, it feels really good to play. Um, but hopefully we'll have him on soon to talk about it. I will tell you one of the reasons I think uh, competitive shooters are uh, the highest ranked uh, Twitch, like, in, in, in terms of entertainment. Not only is it like competitive and people want to see the competition very much like going to a big football match, whatever. The, the other reason is when you watch it on Twitch or watch it on Mixer, it's incredibly easy digest it like you mm -hmm. know what's you don't need to understand complicated mechanics you don't have to get the streamer to explain to you how does this game work you just see dota, somebody dota and league league are very right. hard to watch on that respect so right yeah. like the, you know but but the reason why competitive shooters are i think are the top on twitch mixer whatever and why people are always trying to promote them and why people are always streaming them is because somebody can sit and watch. I realize this with myself. It's easier for me to watch you play Valorant than it is for me to watch somebody play a more complicated game. Like, I don't know, city skylines, something like that. You know, mm -hmm. if I've never played the game now, I, I, there is a merit to somebody coming in and wanting to see a game that they know the mechanics of and wanting to see it. But that's, I think more, I think that's more rare than somebody who can just, Easily flip on a streamer who plays match after match after match, and you can just digest that and understand it and know what's going. Yeah, on. I think I think Valorant uh, is as digestible, maybe a little bit more, but like it's near on par with like Rocket League in terms of watchability. You don't need to understand a lot, you know. No, right? I had no problem following Neo with Overwatch. Time. Obviously, like we're saying, League of Legends and Dota and all those things are, are very, very intensive to watch, very mechanic heavy. Even some like Hearthstone, which is a card game. That's impossible to watch unless you understand the rules of the game and what they're I doing. Cannot watch. Which, and that's still a pretty big esport in its own right, you know? I tried So this is a good entry. El Platano Loco, who I I stream uh, Fault seventy six on PlayStation with. Like I tried to watch his streams, no offense to him. I just don't understand what's happening in Hearthstone. <laughs> right. And if the broadcaster's <laughs> not, not telling you word by word or like move by move, which yeah, some yeah, broadcasters yeah, yeah. do, then you're shit out of luck. Right. As a non player. Exactly. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got next? Next would be would that be Final Fantasy, right? That'd be Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. Talk talk Holy talk about your shit, passion. Man. This freaking game. Big dicks erect trip. How, how do you want to talk about Full this? Six to midnight. I'm fucking <laughs> standing um, desk. Wait, I, I can, <laughs> this is only a visual gag, but I can absolutely make this fucking happen. <laughs> Final oh Seven, God. baby. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this trip, game means for a lot audio listeners. Me. Trip was raising his desk. And I was, was raising my standing desk. Yeah, he was raising the standing um, desk. Coming to wreck. God damn, dude! Like, um, we yeah. all play video games when we were younger, right? We've all grown up playing Mario and and shit like that. When I played Final Fantasy VII for the first time, I was like, "This is a game." that's different than any other game I played. And it's the first time I've been so engrossed in a story and it kind of opened my eyes that games like this were possible. Mm -hmm. Games could tell a story like this. They could bring you into a world. I feel like I was reading a book 
and just like controlling the yeah. characters and making the decisions for that. And I was like, I was so engrossed in that. And it just, it literally changed my gaming life in terms of like the content that I enjoy. So to have that formative game come out 23 years later and not only just be redone, remade, um, but be like crafted in such a loving way that it even elevates the experience of the first one. I never thought would ever happen or be possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you. This is my first PS one game ever. I've replayed that demo, which was the bombing run mission Mm -hmm. over and over and over again until Christmas when I got the full game. Um, and it's, it's, it's memories are ingrained in my childhood up until today. And it's, it's hard to go into this, this version of the game with like carrying that baggage um, and being worried about like going, oh, is this going to live up to the expectations? You, you can't not. You just, you, you can't not from, from where um, you come from. I've made sure going into this game that I'm like going like, look, this is not going to be that game. It's going to be a reimagining, a retelling of that experience that I used, that I had when I was little. Um, and honestly, like it is, it is playing on my heartstrings on so many levels, doing so many different things. I, it's hard to, it's hard to like handle at times, you know, like it's like, it's cause like when you first hear, I'm, I'm just going to th- th- I'm not going to spoil anything, but when you first sure. hear the, the notes of like Eris's theme, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm instantly pulled back to that moment when I was little to some of those like really strong memories that I had playing the original game and yeah. seeing it translated into the, with these beautiful graphics and like these fully realized characters and they are fully realized. They are expanding these, this world to a point where it's, it's enjoyable to just like live and exist in, in this, this time again. Um, it's, it's like, I'm like going, Oh yeah, this is how I remember the 1997 version of this game. Like, I, like a hundred percent trip. Hmm. Where should we, I mean, where should we like even start with like, like discussing this? Like, can I ask a question? You can make, absolutely. May. You think, uh, if you step outside your bodies for a second, you think it's possible for somebody who never played the original 1997 version to play it? And 1000%. I think so. Yeah. I Which I think so. is one of the biggest achievements of this game. Um, mm-hmm. It's the way it walks the line between giving you every moment from the original. Now, caveat, this, what they're calling the remake right now, is only going to go up to a certain point of the original story. Right. The original game uh, was very long, and this game will be as well, but it doesn't cover every single story beat. We're actually stopping probably a third of the way I Seems mean, like a quarter, it. a third, something like that of the way through the game uh, where this one is uh, supposed to end. And then we'll get another installment but, and maybe another installment. But what I mean is there's not some intro part like right in the very beginning or something that is like a, a jump off from like a, a last game. No, what I'm, no, it starts literally at the same part. Final Fantasy seven starts. It's like a hundred percent recreation of the opening of the game. No, I know. But like what, I'm, what I'm asking is is seven does seven have something in the very beginning that continues from six no do i have okay, to have wait, six? no so for people that final don't know fantasy, final fantasy, yeah, yeah. So they're final all fantasy, separate entries they're all standalone games okay good they're all different worlds different casts of characters different that gives me context yeah but what final fantasy does is is it shares similarities across its games 
that are very loosely tied. For example, names of characters like Biggs and Wedge. They're in every game. Chocobos, the an animal that's native to the game. Okay. In every game. Like just the 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 the, the monsters and all these things, the magic names, those are only shared between the games. So the so, main cast. So the, the games story, generally take place in entirely different worlds, like a new correct. fictional name, a new kingdom, a new mm-hmm. like, a new threat, town. totally from the ground up, new story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only the only similarities it shares is are those things. Um, well, that's good. That makes me yeah. want to buy it even more. Yeah, and that's like because when you buy a Final Fantasy game, like you know what to expect in that regard. You know you're going to get a, a sweeping fantasy. You know you can probably expect some large yellow chicken birds um that you can ride just random things like that like you can expect a certain like those things in a final fantasy game yeah. anyone, like, anyone tried to argue that they all take place in the same like planetary system or the same I've planet, never are, like, or, unification theories out there now yeah, yeah, some yeah. games felix do take place in the same like universe usually those are done by the same design teams like final fantasy tactics and final fantasy 12 for example take place in the same universe Tactics was out like in the mid '90s, I think, and twelve came out like what two thousand four? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of those. loosely, loosely, Final Fantasy eleven and fourteen are connected somehow. I think. Yeah. So, but um, but regardless of the point, yeah. um, none of the things connect. You need no prior knowledge stand to play alone. this game. Yeah, that's fine at all. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the opening of the game is like a like a movie. They just throw you right into the driver's seat, and you're like, "Oh, they're in the middle of their first heist," kind of thing. Like that's that's like they they hi- they thrust you into this like opening mission that is like like heart pumping, and it's it's exciting to play. And that's which is how the original yeah. game started too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they've taken these moments from the game, the original that you all remember that you all played, and it gives all those moments to you without taking anything away and even making them better than they were originally. And in between all those moments, they expand the world, let you literally run around in full 3d realized areas and give you more of the story. That's all the original design and creative directive uh, team to this game. So it's the same people that made the first one. That's insane. Actually. Yeah. It's, I was worried a little bit about a new team because like, even if you have the blessing of the creator, you know, at a certain point you're writing fan fiction. Mm-hmm. You're adding on to the game. <laughs> if you have the same people that made the original game, that's not fan fiction. It's either what they wanted to do and could not due to limitations or how they felt things should be. Yeah. So uh, a really nice touch as well as to, to the fact you're getting all this stuff in between. Um, they're rewriting some of how the story is told to you as a viewer, and as a player. Uh, I think a lot of things are, are informed uh, storytelling wise, the way we like consume TV and movies right now, like the way stories are written, the way we like to know stories, like multi uh, intertwining storylines and pathways and flashbacks and forwards, like they're interspersing these things in a way that's that's literally very visual, like you're watching a TV show or a movie. And the game was like that when it came out too. But you know, our our tastes have changed, our palettes of as audiences have changed, and it's it's just very visually and storytelling uh, dynamic. I honestly think video games align more with how people consume media in general than they ever have. Like, oh, for sure. I agree you with know, that. Back yeah. in the day, I think people consumed media in larger chunks. And we've always been, because we gamers, we've always been accustomed to consuming media in small portions. You play a little mm-hmm. bit, put it down. Play a little bit, put it down. Um, and with the advent of the what I would like to call the golden age of television, 
are in the golden age of television. We are, yes. Probably the best TV scene. Peak peak TV is also what people call it. Peak TV, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. In this time period, like uh, my gaming, I mean, Neo did say before the show uh, that he's playing more games during quarantine. Um, than watching things. Than watching things, but mm-hmm. I am interchangeable. Like, I can wa- I'll watch half of a TV, go play a game, do a segment in a game, go back, watch the other half of the TV. It's insane how interstitial I am with television and games, mm-hmm. how I don't need to consume this entire chunk of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I, th- I think what I was just saying, mate, it contributed to the conversation. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, sure. The way people I mean, like to l- listen to experience stories. Yes. <laughs> it ties in. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think what this game also does with music is also uh, really exciting. Dude, I know, um, man. Because cause the music is a huge part of the of any of the Final Fantasies, but seven in particular for I know pro- probably for you, Trip, as well, but for me, that shit is like is like in my DNA at this point. It's I mean, it's my favorite soundtrack, dude. When I was young, I like got my parents to help me order the soundtrack from a Japanese website because you couldn't get it here. And I got this four disc hard copy soundtrack. All Japanese say, booklet. I had no idea what the fuck they were saying, but I was like, "This is the music from the game, and I need to like go to sleep listening to this shit." It was like I was at drug. I was at sleepaway camp at, when the track the soundtrack came out, and I mm-hmm. wrote home to my mom to please order this soundtrack and send it to me while I was at camp, and she did. And I had this. I had the CD. I had. I got it there, and that's when I listened to it. Like all the MIDI mm-hmm. tracks, you know, they're all MIDI yep, exactly. files, uh, which you was guys amazing. Still have it? Hundred yes, hundred percent. I, I have it exactly. digitally now. Yeah. But I don't know if I have the I don't know if I had the CDs anymore. But I, was wondering I know exactly where my CDs are. You have the physical mm-hmm. copy. I know exa- yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so when, exactly where they are in my parents' house in my room. When the game opens with the bombing mission, and you hear the opening like notes and the sound, and they and that titles card hits, and they mm-hmm. they they nail it like like my heart like jumps out of its chest. Yeah, and then the really then cool it, thing yeah. as well is that they they haven't just orchestrated these tracks which were you know orchestral tracks just done in like a midi format like everything can be broken out to an orchestra and they have many times like there have been albums of final fantasy music that's done by a full orchestra they've done tours with these with these groups i mean it's music that's out there that you can find and it sounds amazing um and they could have just done that they could just had people record the tracks with a full orchestra to like really amp up the feeling but they've remixed every single track in different ways, not even just rearranging the tracks, but they've like done different genres for different tracks. They've shifted the placement of music. Uh, mm-hmm. It just the re-recording, the rewriting is done so masterfully, and not even for tracks you hear in the in the background, which are incredible and amazing. But there's also this facet of the game where you can collect even more uh, kind of weird offshoot remixes of the songs and like have those tracks to listen to at a jukebox around the world. Mm-hmm. It just—it's the music. Like they really have understood how we like the music and have even highlighted it within the own game, within their own game, minus the background. Not only that, in certain sections when you're fighting and you're making your way through a level or an area, um, the battle music will subdue itself to a background version of itself, mm-hmm. and then once you engage in a fight, the music will dynamically just ramp up into the full track of the of the classic fight music that you know, done in the new in the new you know or- orchestral way that they did it. 
And and honestly, it, it's never felt better to get into one of those Dude, fights. Everything yeah. there's like there's guitar riffs that they throw in there. They layer with other instruments. It's just it's it's done. It's done so well because, like you said, music is such such a part of the emotion that you feel while you um, see these scenes and these these moments in the game. I mean, like slight spoilers when I when I knew I was going to fall into the church, mm-hmm. I got so excited to hear the music again and just see that first interaction again. And yeah. that whole that whole moment in that in that section of the game was like it was beautiful because I was like, oh, my God, they're showing us their their the start of the relationship of these of this character, these two characters. Mm-hmm. And it was like it was like beautiful to watch it like play out in full HD. And I, I couldn't believe that I was enjoying this again for the first time almost. And yeah, the music's playing and you get to see the full scenery. You can see the plates above of Midgar. Well, yeah, I was going to say what got me was the uh, jumping across the rooftops. Or yeah, that's, that's, this game actually just walking through all the way through. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, it's, just to, a, it's a beautiful moment. Yeah, it is to to give you and the listeners out there that don't know Final Fantasy a little bit of context to um to like some of the things that you can see now in the game that weren't as apparent in the original. Um, this it takes place in a city called Midgar, and Midgar. Think of it like they actually call it a pizza in the game. It's a really good analogy. Yeah, think of it like it like like eight pizza slices that are just metal plates. They make up like the top level of the city. Every every plate is a district. They're huge, massive. There's businesses, homes, residential districts. It's like a big, massive city that's floating on these plates, right? That's where essentially like the wealthy people live. The wealthy upper middle class, you know, rich people. They're all, all living on the plates. Under the plates, under each plate, in just continuous sections, are just these endless slums of shanty towns and poor people, people that can't afford to live up there. Just you know, homeless, just, just literally people just surviving because there, there is no space for them. Well, that's asking there's no, for a reign of terror. If I've, and there's no one. economic, <laughs> uh, you know, help or reason to help these people. Um, bring out the guillotines. So like, yeah. There's a lot of economic disparity and that's, that's, and it, that kind of weaves in and out of where the story starts because you start as a group of what are literally terrorists that are going up above to the sector one, uh, energy reactor and you're going to bomb it. You're going to literally bomb it because not only is all this shit, you know, terrible for everyone down in the slums under the plates, but the way the, the Shinra company who owns the city essentially is powering the cities. They're sucking out the life energy of the planet, which is a tangible thing in this world. You can mm-hmm. actually like plug something in the ground and pull the energy out of the earth and they're powering the city with this. And that's where the story starts. Yep. But I'm, and- I'm coloring all this in because as you're running around the city now in full 3d, the way that you can see it around you, and visualize your place under it is like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, in the camera, look at you know the plates above the, the central tower in the dish in the distance, the walls to the outside world that you're still trapped in. It's just mm-hmm. it's wild. And That's the game wild. even goes further to flesh out um, like Shinra in in general. Mm-hmm. Um, they show you the propaganda reach that Shinra has over the population. You hear the population talk about Shinra in a somewhat positive light, like, hey, they're they're providing for us. Like they're the ones, they're giving us like what we need. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, you have Barrett on, on the on the other side of that being like, No, they're destroying our planet. They're keeping us in this position. They're they're keeping us like trapped under their yeah. their rule almost, um, because of them. And it's and it's fleshing it out in such a beautiful way that you can pretty much visually understand now what the game was trying to convey back back in yeah. in the 90s um and and i still I, did a really great. good job of conveying that but just like they can highlight it so well and really kind of 
make the visual aspect a part of the story in, in really effortless ways. That doesn't Absolutely. even sound like they're hiding the metaphor there. No, oh, it's a hundred percent, hundred percent metaphor. Yeah. That's very obvious metaphor. <laughs> very even it's funny. Cause it was even back then in the nineties when this was like written. Or all right, final so. fantasy games about strata. Strata. What's strata? Uh, like the strata, economic, social, strata, economic strata like of yeah. society. Um, yes, I'm sure you can no. find there's, there's absolutely parallels written. Um, I'm sure some are more fanciful than others. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the combat a little bit. Yeah. Can we talk about that? We can. Um, so they redid the whole combat system. Gone is the way of the turn-based wait your turn to shoot and attack out. That's um, why I'm intrigued, just so you know. Yeah. Not, so not it's not an input. Not a, it's not, there are menus. There's, there's a heavy yeah. menu system in the battles, but it's very much action-based. Oh, 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 I'm uh, good with menus. Okay, cool. We'll talk about um, that later. So okay. the game, the game straight off the bat shows you how action focused it is by letting you swing your sword away with cloud. But then they get, then they go into depth about there's a stagger system and there's the magic you have. And um, for example, cloud has two stances with which he can either single target damage a lot higher, or he can be quicker and move around and be more mobile uh, with his attacks. Um, and what you find out is I, it took me a while to realize like, I wouldn't say like too long, but it took me, a while to get into the flow of how combat needs to work because once you get like a, a bigger party of of people in your party you have to really play up to your party's strengths and weaknesses because what you'll end up doing is you you have these magic orbs called materia and they get slotted into your weapons and, and items and they'll unlock magic for you to use um and at certain points enemies will have weaknesses to magic and you'll when you hit them with their proper weakness they will stagger and then that means you can do heavy amounts of damage to them. And until you get to that point, the, the battles will be fast and hard and oftentimes very demanding of you keeping an eye on the, on the situational awareness of the battlefield. Otherwise, you'll find that your characters will struggle. And it'd be, like comparing this to Final Fantasy XV's combat, which was just button mash heaven for me personally, like I, I felt like there was no... It didn't give me a reason to use magic. It didn't give me a reason to like really think about how I entered yeah, every fight. If, if I remember 15, you could overpower any kind of right. strategic right. element they threw in there pretty easily, either by, either by overleveling or just you and know, then, kind well, of exploding then, or something. Even the in-combat mechanics of 15, they were like, okay, well, if you get overwhelmed in a fight, you can zip out by using your throw sword ability. Oh, yeah, that's remember? Yeah. And then wait yeah. till everything recharges and then come back in. Um, yeah. But for this one, you have to wait for your ATB gauge to to level, like uh, reach its level two or one, before you can start throwing out magic or potions or anything. So that means you have to engage in the combat before you can actually use any like recovery items. Um, so it forces you to actually go, okay, well, do I want to switch to my ranged character right now so I can, you know, get her? Like, like I'm thinking of like Aerith and Cloud's dynamic right now because that's yeah. the, last, the, last the way she can throw magic from far away. Right, and then wait for Cloud to get you know get in there, and then I'll switch back to Cloud so I can start dishing out the real damage. Um, yeah, because you can't even uh, use items, Felix, without an ATB section. Yeah, you need you need to do damage in order to fill these like little ATB bars up before you can use anything. Um, so you can always attack, but you can't use magic abilities or items unless you have at least one bar of ATB. Now it doesn't take long to fill, but of course, like Wendy was saying, the risk reward is like if you get close and you're low health and you need 
you know, action points to get an item out, you could easily just get killed because, you know, maybe this enemy does does a, a ground slam or there's something burning on the ground that you run through because you have to get close to actually connect your attacks. Yeah, uh, if there's a lot of in the moment decision making to uh to kind of optimize your gameplay. And if you time. don't make those decisions fast enough, you get easily overwhelmed very easily, easily, very easily. Um and time does slow down when you open the menus. So that is a pretty cool like I guess mainstay of the the old game. When you open menus, you can you can slowly make the choice of what you want to throw out and dish at your uh your enemies. Um and it easily and I find myself most of the time after like every not every fight, but like most fights I'm like, "Okay, I got to go rework my materia again." which is like kind of cool to engage with that system like that, mm-hmm. but it ends up becoming like, okay, I need to give this character more wind, or I need to synergize, like, uh, have you gotten the synergy materials? Like the blue ones? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like those materials... Where you link actually, them together to... Yeah, yeah, so certain items what you can like link materia together, these magic orbs, so I could link like a power-up synergy orb with a fire, and that will increase the fire, and it increase the resistance you have to fire. Or my new favorite one, Trip, is there's one that will you attach this the blue materia to a magic, and if the other character casts magic, you, the character that with that equipped will also cast that spell. So like it'll it'll like double cast almost with using that character. So you can set up all these yeah. like automated, like semi automated things uh, for your for your combat, and it's visually very fun to watch too. I love watching just the fights play out. It makes it very interesting. Mm-hmm. What else you got? 100%. Um, we did battle. We did music. Another thing I like about how battles play out, like uh, for like a few of the boss fights, just, just, to, just to cap that off. Yeah, yeah. Go um, they, they, uh, a lot of the boss fights end up being a very long endeavor. Like, they're, like you'll be in a fight for maybe upwards of like 20 minutes for certain boss fights. So it feels that way. And they turn to multiple phases. And um, I think one of my favorite ones was the... Uh, I'm not going to spoil any of the future things, but the um sector five boss battle on the bridge is that sector five yeah sector five was the air buster we ran through the um the the sector before or the um reactor before and you like mess with all the computer screens yeah because and it was really Mm -hmm. cool leading up to that fight you were like you make just you you were making choices um through each of these laboratories like oh do i want to remove this part of the boss because because the the president of the company is like taunting you throughout this uh going to showcase the the um what the uh, avalanche who is the terrorist group that you're a part of they're going to showcase them being defeated on live tv and you're going through the laboratory going like okay we're going to disable this robot they're going to throw at us and in various ways and you pick and choose which things uh to disable for it and then you reach the boss fight at the end and it's a big cool boss fight um and during that boss fight it it moves in different phases and you have to like like the the boss will like back away from the platform, so your melee characters can't attack it. So you switch to Barrett, who's got the Gatling gun arm, and he's the one that's can do that can do your range damage for you. While the other characters will like their ATB gauge will you know ramp up again, so you can use them. You're like ready to use them again in the next encounter when they when he gets closer. It's very fun and very dynamic, and it becomes like a very fun chess game almost in some ways. A very quick chess and like, game. Like like yeah. was saying, it's cool that that fight did that because it. No other fight, at least that I've gone up to, had that much engagement before or after. Um, there's so many differences in how you fight. Like there are fights where just you and one person you have to really get, uh, you know, up close and dirty and use all of your dodging and your defensive moves. And there's a fights like that where you make strategic decisions before you even fight the boss as to how you may want it to attack you, and then kind of like lean into a real hard, just 
long chip away at the HP chess battle kind of fight. It's, it's I mean, the diversity in battle is just it's insane. Yeah, and all the characters are very, play very uniquely too. Um, like Barrett, like I said, is the ranged Gatling gun guy. He can like charge his gun up. Tifa, who's a brawler fist fighter, she has a way. You'll you'll use some of her class her like character abilities to charge up her. I want to say her triangle move. Um, and then that changes in various ways. Um, Cloud is obviously the sword user with the single. He goes from like a like a a quick like roll around and dodge sword sword attacks to like a focused slowed down very slow hitting. but very powerful yeah, yeah very powerful um my favorite move obviously i say it a lot in your chat trip punisher mode and, and block because yeah exactly because he if you're in punisher mode which is kind of grounds your character but when you block you'll counter any other physical moves that that hit you um and you'll easily be able to retaliate uh which also every time i pull that off it feels real good this is um, a uh, Aerith. Sorry, mm-hmm. i have one question this is a pc game for both of you ps4 no ps4 oh ps right now yeah, there are rumors of a PC version, but I don't. We don't. There's no confirmation. You um, guys classically played this on your PlayStation. PlayStation One, yeah. PlayStation it was on PC. It was on PC. Yeah, yeah I, I actually played it for the first time on PC. I always like telling that story because I didn't wow. have a uh, a PlayStation growing up, and I found this game at Best Buy, like on a trip there with my dad when I was mad young. And I had known about the series because a friend of mine was playing Nine at the time, and I loved watching him play Nine. And I'm like, damn, it'd be cool to like get into this and i would read like you know egm electronic gaming monthly and i saw them like talk about um you know eight was coming out at that you know this is before that obviously and just all i had always heard about the series and i'm like wow i can actually play this if i buy this on the computer so mm-hmm. i'm just gonna buy it on the computer and i did that's how i first played it. i played with like a weird six button gamepad that i had to map all the controllers out to but i made it work. that's hilarious also it's funny because since the music was midi based my gateway PC's MIDI card did not make the music sound the same that it did on the official PlayStation soundtrack. What? I wish I could have a copy of what I oh, heard man. because it's when so I fun. first heard the soundtrack, it sounded weird to me. That's that was back in the day of like sound cards that had to do yes. the actual sound processing on your computer before motherboards like had it built so in. So this was Trip, This was your first Final Fantasy game. Yes, the first one that I actually fully played through. Outside of like. Yeah, like I may have played my friend's game a little bit or, or you know, first seen one you things. First one you I, think, I think six yeah. was the first one for me, funny enough. It's three, it was called three on Super Nintendo. Um, that was, I think that was my first one. Yeah, in the US growing up, we only ever got Final Fantasy 1, uh, 4, which they, which, they, which they put out as 2, and then 6, which they put out as 3, just to make it, yeah. you know... It was very good for American audience. That was the one that would that you saw on my uh, Super Nintendo. Yes, you have Final Fantasy VI, which was marketed as three. Marketed as mm-hmm. three. Um, but yeah, well, what else about Seven Remake? It's really hard. I mean, like, I feel like I I got so much I want to like talk about. Maybe we do a I spoiler mean, cast when we're done. Yeah, we might have to. I would. Plan I mean, that. finish the game. I I would love to do like a like a offshoot episode. Just spoiler cast of games. That'd be pretty yeah. sweet. I just I, I can't get over how well they're telling the story of the game. They're, how well they're mm-hmm. telling the story of Cloud. How well they're laying the groundwork for things we're do going you, to discover do you like about that Cloud. They're doing that, like because yes. when I saw that at first, I was like, oh, they don't introduce this character till way later, and make his importance known. I absolutely love it because it all that shit informs how Cloud acts and how he is and yeah. what he reacts to. Um, and I feel like they're, they're doing it in a way that might make the storytelling even easier and, and easier for us to understand as players, new or old. 
Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's making it more cohesive for sure. Because mm-hmm. um, right now the villain of the game is Shinra Incorporated, right? They're they're like mm-hmm. the right now the villains. Yeah, the big bad. The game transitions like halfway through its story and into another like it transitions completely away from that into something else completely. Mm-hmm. And the game takes like it pivots. It does like a hard pivot and like comfortably. I, th- I would say it did it pretty well back in the day. Um, so you're right. Maybe it is setting the groundwork up for something like that nature that would be pretty cool. Oh my god, I want to play this game more. Holy shit! Yeah. I'm just I just love being back in the world trip and Felix. It's, it's just so cool. I mean, you guys are selling me on it. It just I'm in quarantine I, right now. I got I, I got minute Resident Evil three's done. I something else. Maybe maybe do it. Can't just play Fallout all the time. Maybe maybe give it a try and see how you feel about it. Play you know what? There's a demo. Play the demo. Play the demo. Like download yeah. that and try. It. Yeah, it's just free. Yeah. That's, that's the opening mission. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See how that feels. Um cool. Do you guys want to move on then? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. So wait, we want to talk about Resident Evil 3 before we are uh, 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 Wastelanders? You're about ready to forget something really important to me. <laughs> he was about to be like, don't fucking skip over Wastelanders, skip dude. It. Don't you dare uh, No, I definitely want to talk about Resident Evil 3, too, because I've been splitting time yeah, yeah. between both of them. But uh, you, guys didn't have any, you guys didn't have any other games to talk about. No, not that's me. I've all been playing. That's my list. Fantasy. So, Neo, you want the, so, uh, you want the, uh, the good or the bad? Oh, there's there's two, there's two parts. Okay, uh, let's start with the. Okay, let's get the bad out of the way, and then I want to talk about the good. Here's the absolute worst. The thing that I know that Neo Aoshi could criticize the most about the Wastelanders expansion. Bring it. Okay, so they released separate from the Atom Store for straight up fucking cash cosmetic content. Isn't that what the Atom Store is for? They're, right. There is a only achievable or found. It's not achievable when you're paying for it. Only acquirable. I don't think that's a fucking word, but I'm making shit up now. It's only acquired through an outright purchased separate from the game itself. A $30 cosmetic package. $30, dude. <laughs> what the balls so well, you know what they dropped you a free expansion they got to take something out of it so right? there's right so there's two right so is it but free fair, is it really they, free they, they essentially made the game that they were trying to make in 2018 so i don't know about that so they they dropped uh it's called the raider slash settler like cosmetic expansion pack it's adds mm-hmm. camp stuff there's a lot in it I mean the 30 dollars is getting you for 15 you can get one of the factions if you're only a raider minded person or a settler-minded person, then you can buy just settler stuff. But who the fuck would do that? I mean, then you don't get ability to flip back and forth. But it has a lot of stuff in it. It has like a skin for power armor. It has uh, an outfit that's unique to the, the raider faction and the settler faction. It's got a skin for your camp tool, you know, that makes your camps, you know, that you put down. It's, it's got, yeah, uh. dude, it's all skins, bro. It's oh all God. cosmetic for thirty fucking dollars, bro. Get out of here with that shit. It's pretty bad, right? That's that's pretty bad. Um, 
He led with the bad. He led with the bad, which is admirable. He's like, let me just let me just be right up front with you. I'll tell you, the, that, that, like, the, like I say, on uh, most parts, I now train myself to ignore all cosmetic nonsense bullshit. I, I'm just not now. somebody because, that, because of this stuff. I, you know? I'm not somebody like I love Fallout 76, and I can play it for hours, and I play it on two consoles, and I have the Fallout First membership on both consoles. But like, I can be critical man, man, of this fucking shit because this is the, that's the thing that looked obscene to me because this is stuff I couldn't earn Adams to, to get if right. I was a regular player who just didn't. They've made it more exclusive. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so there's that. And then the other big criticism of mine would be that this is just a release of Wastelanders. This is not a patch of actual extant problems. They fixed nothing. They did not change UI. I was looking for, I personally was looking for uh, loadouts, the ability to do perk card loadouts. I want the ability to say, this is my, right. I want my ability to do, this is my melee loadout. I want, and then I flip a button and then go to my gun loadout. Didn't we talk about this in like 2018 when this game came out? Like how, how I talked about it on Twitter fucking three or four weeks ago or before <laughs> no i'm talking about when the game came out though Dude. like they need to have like your ability to swap your loadout cards so you right. can just have like different. i, I sent a tweet to pete hines like three or four weeks ago that he responded to the 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 tweet was perk card loadouts bro question mark at pete hines and he, he responded respond? and said i'm waiting for them too which i took to mean they're probably coming in Wastelanders because he's waiting for Wastelanders like I am, right? I know he's the guy who runs the company, but he also probably he acknowledged plays, you. He probably he's, plays he's his the, own he's game. He's the head of marketing. He's the head and of marketing. And then the, the mm-hmm. Wastelanders. He absolutely knew. He's like, I'm waiting too, man. But, but Wastelanders comes out and it's not there. Now, is it coming in a patch in three weeks? Is it coming with an, another update further down the road that adds to the Wastelanders? Who knows? But that's I what I want. If you want, I I'll really want it. If you like, yeah. there's also uh, noticeable weird glitches that are very specific. So Fallout First membership, when you're in a private world, uh, you can do this really cool thing when you normally play the game, where you go to the social menu, you see fast travel uh, on your friends you're playing with, and you can fast travel to them from the social menu. Um, well, what happens when you're playing in a private world? This doesn't happen, as far as I know, in a public world. When you're in a private world. You lose the ability to fast travel to your team. It goes away, and you can't even huh. hover over the person. And remember, fast traveling to locations costs you currency. It costs mm-hmm. you in-game currency. The ability to fast travel to your teammates is hugely valuable if one person is halfway across the map, because it could cost you anywhere from you know 50 to 80 caps to fast travel to a really far part of the map. So if your friend friend is there and you can't fast travel to them, it's fucking annoying. And the only way mm-hmm. to fix it is to completely leave your server, which sucks. Wow. Because if you leave your server, then you lose like possession of workshops and you're not going to lose. If you leave the server, you're not going to lose the content that you built in workshops. So but you, are you trying to tell me that the server is actually making it more difficult to do things you can do with outside a server? No, I'm, 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 I'm saying you go into a private world, and it, 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 I've only seen it happen in private world. I, I'm, in all fairness, I'm not really at all. You've enclosed yourself to the outside I, I, world. I don't, I don't want to play with other people. Fuck, fuck y'all. You people are crazy. You're nuts. You're murdering me all the time. I don't want to do that. Um, so I play alone. It's fine. It's, it's, it's how I, I choose to it, it, intake the game. Um, mm. But... 
But, you know, I think it's fucked up that this glitch hasn't fixed itself, you know, with a Wastelanders patch. Because, you know, you would think that this isn't just a rollout of new content, that they would also address some of the known issues. And it is a here's, known issue. It, here's how patches generally seem to go with most ga- most things. Um, you, you, fix, you fix 10 bugs, 100 more bugs show up, right? That's, yeah. that's a general, like, like, developer's nightmare. But it's generally a thing that happens. So. Well, I will tell you there... Believe me, I only played like three missions of the content, and I played on both consoles over the course of the last two days, and I've only been able to make it into three missions of the new content. But uh, really? I, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. I got to tell you why. Um, so I'm very excited about this content. So getting into the good, right? Past the bad. And well, the one other bad thing is um, some of the mis- missions in the new content are fucking bugged, but they're not game breaking. No game breaking bug. Like there was this mission where I had to get a death claw egg and I fucking go to where the death claw is. It came out of the ground and just stood there, shot it until it was dead. <laughs> I mean, like that's easy. That was for my benefit. That wasn't game breaking. Right. The next time I did that mission on a completely I mean, it sounds game breaking. Right. No, no, but like I was able it's to get supposed to attack you, I'm assuming, right? Right, but I got the death claw egg and left. I was like, see ya. <laughs> you know, I killed the thing. The next time I played that on a completely different console, there was no bug. Like the death hall came out. He was scary as fuck. I was like level six. I had to run. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, you know, just little shit here and there. But anyway, mm-hmm. the thing that I have to state here about this expansion that will not be apparent to anybody. If you go into the Wastelanders expansion and play it like you played Fallout 76 prior to the Wastelanders expansion, you, you're doing it wrong. What sucks is... They trained you to play Fallout 76 a certain way. Uh, fast travel all the time. Um, fast travel is, is key. Uh, go here. Do this as quick as possible. Um, don't be slow. Be as efficient as possible when you come into the game. Do uh, workshops or do public events and just do one after another, and then the level grind works. You level and level and level and level. You play it that way. You're a player who's been playing Fallout 76 years if you're coming from previous fallout like fallout 4 or any of the previous fallouts you're going to be fine if you're buying 76 brand new but if you played 76 like i did from day one and pretty religiously throughout the last two years and you come into this game and you play it like you're going to think they didn't do much but add some new stories and uh because the problem is the fast traveling you now have to slow down and play this like skyrim i did it I didn't do it on my uh, Fallout 76 Xbox experience. So many people who wanted to play. I have a much larger community with Fallout 76 on the Xbox. Everyone was coming in. We were playing it like we always did. We were, we were going to workshops and leveling up and doing public events and all that shit. Um, I played this today on PS4, slowed down and didn't fast travel one. I walked. I literally walked down the roads, from location to location, and this game felt exactly like fucking Skyrim. Every 10 minutes... It, so- it sounds like they enhanced what made those single-player games... Every 10 minutes, yo, you know, every popular, 10 right? minutes, not even kidding. Now, this is not going to be the experience in a public server because they're players. Right? I'm playing in a private world, all first membership, but man, every 10 minutes, I met a new random NPC who had some new story to tell me some new fucking nugget of like weird. It was so amazing, dude today. Like 
I met a fucking random. I was walking along the they road. They made a Fallout game. They made a Fallout game. <laughs> Dude, I was gonna say like, that. I, they just took that away from you for so long. You're so thirsty for it. You're like, this is it's so great to have a non-player character in here. So I go walking. Oh, I go walking along. Here's some examples. I find this girl trying to fix a robot. I get four or five dialogue options. Wait, Neo's frozen. Um, Neo's frozen. He's, he's, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So she says, help me fix this robot. She's freaking out. I can't fix my robot. There's like five dialogue options. One of them is put a fusion core in the robot. I didn't realize, but that was the bad option. The robot explodes. <laughs> <laughs> so like there's five oh, dialogue. Those are, those are the moments that you right. miss that I'm missing fallout. I come along. I come along. There's a girl who's sitting there frustrated, trying to open a box. She keeps kicking it. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I go up, I do dialogue options with nothing. She says, go away, or something like that. I walk down the road, I go do a mission, whatever. I come walking back the road, maybe two hours later. I come back this time with bobby pins in my possession, which I didn't have before. I do dialogue on her again. She goes, oh, you have bobby pins? Hey, can I get one? (laughs) And I give her a bobby pin, and then she rewards me with something and opens the box. It was amazing. Like the there's these moments that you Amazing. get if you walk through the world. But the problem is is old Fallout 76 players, people who've been playing for two years, are gonna come in and do their normal grind bullshit. And you're not going to experience the new content. You're gonna miss it. You're gonna fast travel mm-hmm. from location to location to location, and then the game's gonna fucking suck, or you're gonna think it's very similar to what you've already been doing. You, you have know to shift from- you- and change. Remember when we talked about the outer worlds? Yeah. And how when I was talking about it, I was like, I loved all these random things and then that all these character interactions and moments, and then you murdered everyone in the game. I did. I did. <laughs> I just I'm like sensing I'm sensing a little something similar to that. Well, I will tell you you're, you're, you're experiencing now the full fleshed out yeah. vision of a Fallout game now. Well, I will tell you that can't murder this is made by bethesda very similar to three very similar to four skipping over new vegas because new vegas was obsidian this game has essential characters there's people you can't shoot there's people you can't kill you can't do that murder shit that that i did with outer worlds and that i did with new no i'm just uh, the comparison i was making was between the the old fall 76 players who were just kill kill grind 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 and the people who are experiencing and the interactions that you have with these NPC characters. You but, know? but the most brilliant thing that I've seen is how populated the world is and how much it feels like a Fallout game that I played, like playing Fallout 3 or playing Fallout 4, you know. Um, however, in uh, defense of this game versus 4, uh, you don't have to be a good guy. There's two factions more like three than anything i've ever played um that's pretty good you could go full bad in three i forgot about that yeah so well the raider faction is essentially the bad faction i guess i mean i'm sure there's going to be some moral ambiguity as you as as we go through the game and we play the raider faction you're going to find that there are some people on the raider side who are struggling and they're really just doing they're going about the world their own way and that's and then you're going to find in the settler community that there's some corrupt fucks that need to die you know all kinds of shit um, but there is shit you can miss. That's the thing that I was talking to Kyle today after I had played through my PlayStation experience. And I'm telling him about a quest. It's like the second quest in. And I'm like describing the quest. He's like, I missed that. I didn't even play that. 
Mm-hmm. I said, like, I'm so much further in the game. I said, dude, this game is going to require you to maybe roll two, one or two, at least two characters, because there's going to be quests you're going to miss on the playthrough you're doing. You're going to find out from a friend that this quest option was possible and you didn't do it. You do know? these new addition of quests make it uh, easy for friends to do together? So, yeah. So Are, is it, is it, is it co-op friendly? So there's an answer for that. And that's the instanced uh, interiors. So you, when you come up to it, 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 the way it does work is everyone does their own thing. You're still doing your own quest lines, but, but, and I haven't done this at the exact same time as a friend uh, because I just, I'm not, none of my friends are at the exact place I'm at, but when you go to a building, if you're on a team, you could choose to enter as a team, and then mm-hmm. whoever is the team leader will be the one who is positioned directly. But the pr- other people on the team can choose to hear the dialogue uh, that's being spoken for the quest. Um, I don't. I don't. How's how does loot distribution look uh, work? Uh, I mean, Looks that's, like if you're that's a team been of that's been instance. Okay. All right. Everyone has their own instance. Of loot. Okay. The only Just the only sure. time when loot is not is common is if it's external to a box okay. or external to a quest. So if it's like laying on the ground, someone can grab it, and no one else will get that item. Um, but that you know, there's no never ever good stuff that comes in that form. You'll never find a legendary laying on it. At least mm-hmm. I, not not in the previous Fallout seventy six that I played. Maybe in the new content, they might find legend that way, but I doubt it. Um, but I think everyone still has to do all the quests. If you want the dialogue options, you have to be the team leader if you're in a team, I think. Okay. Or just do it separate from your team, which is what has happened. So, like, I play with my buddy Splorence. Splorence is way ahead in the quest lines than I He's gone off in his own direction, made his own decisions. He's doing that. So he'll just join you on your. He's your on my quests. team. I, I will tell you that you, nobody gets we used to get experience from each other's quests. So if you if you completed a quest, you would get uh, whatever a couple hundred experience if you were on the team, uh, but you weren't the primary quest holder. Um, now it's caps. Everyone gets caps, so you earn currency. Um, not that this world needed more hemorrhaging currency. Already fucking so much of that. <laughs> They already have a currency problem, but now they have another. It's not a lot. It's like 25 to 50 caps per your friend completing a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but it used so they, to, they it benefit used to, in some form by doing older quests with you. Yes, people are benefiting okay. in some form, um, but I don't know the extent of benefits. Mm-hmm. I haven't, haven't done it. And like I said, when I came in on my Xbox character, I wanted to see how they changed all the stance shit, the shit that was already there. So I went back and checked out all the old quests. Now they're all, they're pretty much all the same. They all function and and are completed in the same capacity, except when you get to the individual locations, there's now NPCs you can talk to that add color to the the old quests. Like this is the best example that they filled in the backfield information. So this this is the best example. There's a character named Maria Chavez and people played the game is when you find her, she's a dead body. She's just laying in this in the fucking airport uh, building, Morgantown Airport. You find now when you go into the room where her body used to be, her body isn't there. There's a, a vigil, <laughs> like on the table with fucking candles, and like the holotape that you would find on her body 
is now in the center of the vigil of candles. So it's like, you know, that's, wow. that's a one way that they changed it. And then there's a guy there that you can talk to. So I start talking to this dude who's there and he's like, yeah, I cleaned up the place a little bit, made that vigil for that nice woman, buried her body out back or some shit like that. And then I start talking further. I'm like, so what are you doing here? Because he's in the center of a room that's on a second floor and downstairs, there's nothing but scorched enemies that you traditionally would have fought there. Right. So I go, what, how'd you get in here and survive past all these scorched? And he goes, doesn't matter, man. I got cancer. And like, I go through this whole thing where I find out this guy is cancer. Holy shit. And it doesn't oh, yeah. matter if the scorch get him because the cancer is probably going to kill him first. And I'm like, this Paul is really bringing back the weird. And I'm liking it. I was like, this is so fucking tragic, man. This guy. Um, but yeah, so th- I'm not going to spoil much more, but um, well, Felix, I'll have you know, I reinstalled this game. You did. I wish I could play with you, but I don't have it on PC. But I heard that, uh, our, you know, a couple of our friends in the Emerging Gamer excited about it again. And yeah, I'm thinking um, I'd try and like join them or just like see, just well, pop in and see how it feels. As I understand it, most of the original jank, the prob- prob- problematic game breaking jank that existed in the, in like the first year, all of that has been patched out. The only thing I can't confirm is because I don't play PC at all is if any of the, the known player, when you're in a public world, the player exploit stuff that happened like mid last year, I have Mm -hmm. no idea if any of that on PC has been patched. It was all a PC problem. Somebody had uh, exploited the code and made it so that they could literally go up to you, see you and take from your inventory, which was fucked up. And I have no idea. Yeah, uh, you got to talk to PC players to confirm if that shit's been fixed. If you're going to play in anything but a private world, like literally steal your inventory. Yes, they could literally oh, walk up in, in PC and take your shit. So if you had a legendary you loved and they liked it, they'd see your inventory and take your shit. So like, I don't know if that's been fixed. I don't know what the status of that is, but there's a lot of like weird shit on PC that I can't confirm because I haven't played. I'll tell you All what, right. if I play this week, I'll give you an update, a PC update. Yeah, but like the shit that happened to you in the first week, you know, where you got trapped in your power armor, that's been patched. <laughs> like, I've never nice. seen anybody having that issue. It's like a um, weird predator alien. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're just a, put the, a bunch of fucking stupid shit that the game runs more stable on the, at least on the consoles, than uh, Fallout 4 ever ran. Like, it's more stable than Fallout 4. I, you know, if I drop out, if we all drop out, we're back playing again with under in under three minutes. You know, like I've never had an issue reloading back into a server and playing the game. So, but that that's the status of where that is. I, I don't think I could say anything. Uh, I'm really yeah, happy about it, and I'm going to keep playing it. Let's talk about where you're at with Resident Evil Five. I mean three, three. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was looking at another number. <laughs> You had something coming? Uh, you telling me something? Um, four was rumored. Four re- uh, remake is, kind of, is a rumor. That's, that's I, the, here's that's what the I want to hear. Before, before you yeah. tell... The show spoiler for our own show. Before I tell you where I am and what I've achieved in that game, what is the criticism that people have of this game? So... Three? Uh, yeah. Three, yeah. No. And there's, there's been a lot. Um, so more or less, it comes down to... A lot of people believe this game should have probably been a DLC for two in some ways, which I can disagree with in, in some but ways. Isn't, but it the same- previ- isn't this the, an exact rip of the previous game? Is that the model that so, they had originally? 
So they made a lot of changes to this version of three that actually aren't even in the like this game is not a full remake of three. They changed a whole lot. There are entire sections of the original three that aren't in this game at all. Oh wow! Um, okay, and I there didn't were, know that. And there were actually moments instead of uh, the nemesis just being a constant event based threat that happens in this version of the remake in the old one he would show up at random times and then you would have to make the game would kind of freeze and you would make split decisions on what you would do next oh, um okay and then you would it would be like jump out the window or hide in this room like and like it would change the ending almost it would change various events yeah, that none out. of that exists in this game and if you stayed and fight the nemesis in the old game, you could actually get like more ammo or uh, like a better, like a weapon. Sometimes he'll drop like a, like a well, really that exists like, good in weapon. The game. That totally. Yeah. Exists. Oh, if you stay and fight him, I played on normal. I ran away from him most of the time. Oh, no, but, no, you, you can, you can knock cases out of him. You knock oh, yeah. cases out of his body and the, the cases provide you weapon upgrades, weapon attachments. I don't think a weapon dropped from it. Gotcha. But attachments that improve the weapons you currently have drop from his cases. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's good. Um, but a lot of the I never really fought him, which is why I always just ran. Um, but anyway, um, a lot of the problems that I see a lot of reviewers have and other people are is that it's it's like really short, and the fact that they charge like a full price for it kind of kind of itches them, and no one cares about the resistance add on like uh, multiplayer. Um, Compared to two, it's, it's short. Right. I won't it's, play. Yeah, very much. I, I won't play that resistance. Uh, and a lot of people are giving they're they're dragging that thing through the mud because it's not great that a multiplayer apparently. Oh, is it bad? Um, yeah, apparently it is. I've seen a lot of different various gameplays and reviewers talk about it. Um, I don't feel like I had it installed and I was going to play it, but I uninstalled it uh, because I'm like I'm not gonna waste my time with that. But uh, like the problems that I had with it were whereas Resident Evil Two was a really fleshed out revisioning of Resident Evil Two and it felt good. The puzzles were really engaging and fun it made me think about how i traversed the world um and made me rethink it with mr x mr x provided a very tense very Mm. good experience uh in that whole game and this one i just felt like i was being ushered along the puzzles were very quick and easy and it didn't really require me like there's very minimal backtracking in the game because then once you're out of an area you're kind of in the next area with this one and it kind of felt that like it was just kind of like holding my hand until i reached the end of the game um I never. I was playing on normal, but like I, there were points where like I never felt challenged. I felt frustrated fr- fighting Nemesis in certain fights, m- much like you were. It seemed in various heart, fights that he was having. My hardest run through was the standard run through, and I thought when you told me that there was going to be criticism of the game, I didn't even realize because I never played mm-hmm. the original ever. So I have no context. People, people complained about Nemesis being like yeah. not a fun villain to encounter, either no. via boss fight or via the random encounters that he would show up at. I have no experience with the previous, so I didn't know anything was cut out of it. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can definitely align fully that this seems like it's just an extra storyline that took place while the Resident Evil shit was happening. Actually, it's it, after. It seem, it's after. It seems like a prequel, though. It's not a prequel. No, aren't some sections I mean, both before and after? after? Like, depends on. It can't oh, fucking be after oh, at all. Right. It can't be after at all. Or, or, the, the one guy. No, you're right. You're talking about the police officer. Not even just that. The police officer and the fucking guy in the, the shop. The guy in the shop kills himself. Yep. Like the gunshot. That's guy. right. It's like, it is like during, isn't it? It's during. Oh, it's so weird. So like the argument can easily be made that this is just some other DLC for that other game where you yeah. just play as a different 
group of characters that are in the same city while the shit down. Um, My hardest playthrough, my absolute hardest playthrough, was the standard first playthrough that I I have now completed this on hardcore an hour and 22 minutes with an S rating. What wild... What a wild whiplash of of experiences that you must go through. But we've seen this before. Yeah, with we Mr. totally Hergen. have. <laughs> so tomorrow I'm going to. I, I I don't. Tomorrow I'm going to do the nightmare playthrough, which unlocks after the hardcore. In the night, there's not. I heard there's not much different from hardcore I, and nightmare. Wait, wait, other, than, gotta, other than damage output. I gotta ask you something though. You played two. You mastered Resident Evil two. You became. A master of Resident Evil 2. And I'm pretty much mastering Resident Evil 3. (laughs) How did you come into Resident Evil 3 on normal mode and struggle like that? I have to know. Uh, What did I struggle the most with? Uh, Because you knew how the the mechanics are very similar. Take it or or leave it, right? The dodge was bad. Yeah. But but it's intentionally bad. And I don't understand. I didn't understand that until I got out of the end of the game until I completed it and unlocked the shop. I didn't understand shit about why the dodge was bad. The dodge is bad is because there's a tool that you unlock in the shop that gives you a better dodge. The better dodge is locked behind a wall. So the game encourages you to replay the game. It's it's uh, most of most of the hours that you'll put in are via replaying. Anyone who plays this game one time isn't getting their money's worth and did it wrong. Because I'm not going to play it again. Same I'm not telling you to. Yeah. Oh, but, but like two, but two gave me a reason to keep playing. Right. It again, to play right? the other mm-hmm. story. Yeah, true. True, true. Which, mm-hmm. You know, incidentally was not a completely different story. It was pretty much the same story. Just with a character, which yeah, is my biggest critique them. of the first one, but that's all that's beside the point. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all, both of them encourage you to replay, but there's more of an encouragement because it's an alternate storyline. I was expecting Carlos to be in an alternate storyline. Not he's just, part of this um Mm -hmm. but yeah so in that respect i completely understand the criticisms 100 percent regardless of that i'm still enjoying it i still enjoy it i still i like the shop thing but i thought the biggest criticism you were going to tell me of this game not knowing anything about the changes from the past i thought the biggest criticism was it's too easy when you finish the standard run which is the hardest experience you can farm to unlock all the fucking most powerful weapons. The reason I got through in an hour and 22 minutes through hardcore to, to be, is to because be fair, I banked I banked the points and got the unlimited rocket launcher. To be fair, Felix, I oh, played it on normal, shit. and I thought it was too easy even then. The game, the game never challenged me in any way. Well, you're just, just better not, at video games than me. I'm, and I'm not it's saying clear. that to be, like, to be like, yeah, screw your normal run, Felix. But like, I beat it in like four hours and like 30 minutes. Yeah. My first playthrough, and that was me just I, calmly. I, I hated way that. Ar- I wasn't I, I hated that. Ar- I wasn't rushing either. I hated that arena fight at the end more than yeah. any fight that I did. Do it, it wasn't strategic. It was just no. It wasn't. It was fucking and, uh, a nightmare of the that stupid dodge not working and me dying instantly. Yeah, and all the all the boss fights are like, okay, what's the stupid thing it wants me to do to end this fight? Like, it's not like I'm like. Just putting you don't just put bullets in him, right? Like there's like it, it, it became apparent that it was like okay, he's gonna do something to expose something to let me shoot him, and then that's the fight. Like that's it. Um, no, I, I, I there mean, was, there's no tension in, in the don't, fight. Don't you, know? you think that's different than Resident Evil Two? You make it, but I, the it, difference is Resident Evil Two had it had it added tension to the fights, and it, and it 
there was nothing scary about Nemesis to me at all. Like it was, there was, there was nothing. I never felt like, oh, this is the part where Jill's going to get her, her shit kicked in. Right. Like she was always in control. They give you a grenade launcher very early. Like, it's like it, nothing felt challenging. But when you, when you come across like William Birkin in the other game, I'm going through corridors. Oh shit. He's going to, he's going to jump out here and swipe me. And then that's the fight. Right. Like in that, you just wanted more surprises from nemesis. You wanted him to be random more. Well, and the game like became it's it's just more an action focused game. It's not it's less of like the survival is not there, right? Like they they throw items at you like all the time, and like you know you're in a boss fight because the room the area is surrounded with herbs and ammo. Hey, Neo, you know? I, I'm I haven't done it myself, but I'd like to see you try a knife only playthrough. <laughs> you know what? You got it, buddy. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do that just for you. I'm like, sure. Fine. I'm sure. I'm sure the knife yeah, glitch sure. that there was a knife glitch that you could do. In fact, one of the playthroughs I did of Resident Evil 2, I did on one of the boss fights, the strategy to do it fast enough was to just knife him to death. And like yeah. I, I don't even remember what fight it was. Oh, it was the one in the, the beginning that was in like that like uh underground facility area and he's stalking around after you. Like mm-hmm. you could just stab him over and over again to finish that that knife fight in like under a minute. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> to finish that fight in under a minute. But anyway, so tomorrow uh, I now have, these are all the things I have unlocked. I have the, uh, I, I, I have the unlimited rocket launcher unlocked. I have the recovery coins that you can put in your inventory that make your health recover. I have the defense coins that make, you, I, I took, dude, in my hardcore playthrough, I took six solid hits from Nemesis in a, in a corner with the, the re- defense coins and didn't even go to caution. <laughs> Like these defense coins are so OP, dude. Uh, so I got those unlocked for the nightmare playthrough. Uh, the only thing that I think is going to be a challenge at this point is the Inferno S run because I can only rely on manual saves. Basically, I had to know where to. I have to tr- strategically manual save because like there's the no classic game, right? There's no auto save. Yeah. So basically, I got, I already have in my head what points I should save at. Um, but you remember, you still got to do it in under an hour, but I did the hardcore in under an hour, under two hours. I mean, I did the, the hardcore run in an hour and 22. So there's like a lot of room, breathing room there. There's a lot of breathing room because I know exactly the strategy, what I can avoid, you know, um, I do like that. The fact that I could possibly do, both the nightmare run and the inferno run in one stream session. I do like that. The game fits nicer with streaming because I can just say, oh, well, I'm going to be done the nightmare run in an hour and 22 minutes, potentially, or an hour and 30 or whatever it takes, um, which is good for a stream because I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be sitting there for hours wondering whether I'm going to boss, you know, if I don't do it, I don't do it. I can't pull out and I pass or attempt it again. That's oh, fucking cool. crackers. <laughs> Well, I look forward to seeing you do that. Yeah, I'm going to try that tomorrow, so good luck. (sighs) So we're running a little long, so let's just go quickly into this next piece of news that is Resident Evil related. I know. Ready? Uh, So it has been rumored, or it's reported that they are working on Resident Evil 4 as a remake now. Can we call these R-E-Veals at this point? R-E-Veals, yeah. I love that. That's good. R-E-Veals. You can have that. Were Were you saving that? Were you saving that one? No, I thought of it right now, literally. Oh, that's brilliant, man. I love that. Um, so apparently the team for this one is larger than both remakes together Um, and M2 is the lead on this one they helped a lot with RE3 but yeah they're 
this is this is a massively large team um and i think remember last week we talked about this i was like i don't think they need to remake this one because it's still very much like a modern feeling game but they're doing it anyway now so we're getting that one next instead of code veronica which is unfortunate what do you guys think would you would you play a remake of this version this game yeah i i mean i before this rumor came out someone asked me if i would and i was like i don't think it needs it actually it might have been in the show that we were talking about it maybe last week yeah um but i would i definitely would i loved four four was my first talking about first game you know first final fantasy was seven my first resident evil that i actually played was four oh wow so a lot of strong memories tied to that one too prior prior to one and then two i didn't play three and the next mm -hmm. resident evil i played was four yeah i played four on the wii and that was fun as shit dude yeah, dude. The aiming, the aiming system. Did it was they, amazing. Did they release four on the Xbox? Four, four has been on every four console everything. Ever. Yeah, I think yeah. I tweeted something actually it's a couple everywhere. days ago that was like, it was like, you know, you can only pick two, but like it's like everyone's doing the, you know, you can pick two or three things at this point. This meme on Twitter, but it was like all of the same screenshot of Leon from like all nine or ten different releases of, like of the game before. yeah so it's been hdified it's been on every <laughs> console you could probably play on your phone probably on the like switch i think most recently yeah. didn't it come out on the switch yeah mm-hmm. um which is why like i'm like i didn't think it needed it because you can literally access it it's accessible everywhere but ford did a lot to like change the way modern like third person shooters felt like it, that was a defining game in its own right which yeah i think i cool. remember that was the first time i played a game where um the camera view is like over the shoulder mm-hmm. and I was weirded out by it. I was like, do I like this? Yeah. But then I played on and played on and loved the whole fucking game. It also, I, I want to say it was one of the games that popularized quick time events. Oof, I think it was I mean, one of them. Is that like in ooh, God of war popularizing? Was such a, such a choice word to use right a there. Choice word. I know. Well, yeah, it's, it's not, they're not they very popular quick time. events no. kind of suck. Yeah, no one's like I expected more in did these four, Resident Evil. Did four have some have... kind of like element similar to Nemesis and Mr. X, like a big mm. bad that came in, fucked you up? I don't remember. There's a villain, but no, those games. There's, no, there's no mechanic like that. Yeah, yeah. Four was still like horror based, but um, they ramped up the amount of zombies that you went through and put more focus on you clearing a room of zombies as opposed to avoiding zombies. There were still mm. choices you had to make where you had to avoid them or should to save yourself, you know, time, energy, money, equipment, whatever. But I think every zombie could be killed with provided ammo as long as you didn't waste it. And they would. So actually this is a really fascinating YouTube video. I can recommend to you guys, but there's an actual dynamic difficulty in resident evil four that actually adjusts. Oh, there the is better. You play. Yeah. Um, and not to mention the enemies will drop ammo if, when whatever items you need, if you need it. Um, and this video, it's, um, Oh, I think this is a Mark Brown video on YouTube and it's really cool because let's say you're having a problem clearing a room and you keep dying. That room will dynamically adjust itself, kind of make it make itself a little bit mm-hmm. easier, add less enemies, reposition them for you. Um, and it would think about how you play and which what items it considered what you had in your inventory and your health, um, exactly. which is it's so cool. Felix, I feel like I'll send a uh, trip. I'll send this video to you guys. Yeah, I'll post it yeah, for sure. Chat. Please do. Um, this is one of my favorite YouTubers who does like he like looks into like game mechanics and how games are designed, um, and it's it is super fascinating what four does. But anyway, look forward to that in 2022, I believe they said. So that should be cool. That'll be um, fun. 
the last story for the night before we wrap it up, I want to talk about this because this is fascinating and I want to hear what you guys think about this. Yeah, rip it. Over the past week or two weeks, there has been a new Cooking Mama game called Cooking Mama Cookstar. So, so you're clear, I have never heard of Cooking Mama to begin with. Wait, are you, wait, wait, really? Are you serious? Really? I don't even know what it is. Hang on, I'm gonna post this in a, I'm gonna post this so we can so you guys can or at least Trip yeah. can see this. So apparently this was a game that was coming out on the eShop. Um and PlayStation, it was rumored to come out on PlayStation because the box art leaked for it. But what ended up happening was they pulled it without explanation. And rumors had had that it was actually mining cryptocurrency on your switch. It would heat your switch up and drain your battery uh like super fast. So it would, it would cause your game to get super hot. Holy fucking so, shit. I know. It's it, this is really crazy. But apparently that was all like false rumor because the the president or the the head of this company or the publisher mm-hmm. doesn't really understand how this this works and just put out a false statement about it or something. <laughs> so the, the so here's here's the quote. The statement about cryptocurrency was all buzzwords. The head of plant entertainment knows very little about these things. He just puts some fancy language to get potential investors who like that stuff. As for the crashes slash overheating, that would be was because the game was made in Unity by many people working on their first game. It's not the best product to be made, uh, but it made it through several several vigorous reviews by Nintendo and Sony. There is no way crypto mining stuff could get through those tests. I doubt anyone would even be able to make such a thing. So that slashed that rumor right away. But what ended up really happening was the game was apparently of such little and low quality that the publisher decided to not release the game, but the developer ended up pushing it through anyway, and it got through cert certification anyway, which ended up causing it to get pulled. And now a lawsuit is involved between the publisher and the developer of this, of this operation. Jesus, of cooking mama. Yeah. So this is like the craziest thing ever, right? So, do we think someone actually snuck this kind of process into the game, and then the uh, the game director or uh, it's the, no, the, well, there is no c- cryptocurrency miner. Oh, there's it not. All, okay, it was all a false flag. It just got was it, poorly. It, it. it was a poorly optimized and poorly made. Just game. really terrible. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I was like, wait, it's like, is there? But is there? Did someone actually sneak the shit in and was fucking? <laughs> like, no, it was false flag. Mining false flag. all this currency. I mean, to Which me, is it, nuts, dude. That's like a movie plot right there. If that was real, yeah, right? It just looks like one of those fucking. Any shitty mobile game just keep it to, uh, <laughs> fucking that's, to, to that's kind of the aesthetic of cooking mama i think it's that first iteration was facebook or something it was a yeah, facebook was game it really started, i think it was something like that. i know it as like a wii game like a game on the wii as like a motion control game where you'd be like stir the pot yeah, i'm thinking of diner yeah. dash yeah, yeah i'm probably. thinking of diner dash that yeah, was a facebook cooking mama's like like on the wii. i remember from the wii version it was like stir the pot okay you did it add the potatoes right. you right. did it and like you and they had you do all these things oh, yeah. I, I have seen people play in this game yeah yeah, yeah, it's hard um, not to. So I associate that. that I didn't know what it was IP called heavily with the Wii and the Nintendo consoles. Um, but this is like this is too funny because now there's a legal battle between all these people: the IP holder, the publisher, the developers. Like they're all in a, this battle because they wanted to release the, the developers forced the release through. The IP holder said no. The publisher's too dumb to realize it. Like it's Jesus like a Christ. it's like a mess. And I love it. I think it's amazing. And the best part about the story, you guys, this was all an exclusive via ScreenRant.com. ScreenRant. Screen Rant. This they got the exclusive. Oh, did they? Quotes, yeah, on this story. Oh, good for well, them. Well, at least it's a reputable organization. Are they? 
What's wrong I don't know. With I don't know. Rant? I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Screen Rant. I'm it's not asking. gaming. Yeah. Oh, it's not no, gaming. No, no, no. Yeah. It's not gaming related, which is the funniest part. That would be weird. But yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit because holy, what a cluster F. It's silly. It's silly shit. Well, that was a show. That, that was, was a definitely show. a show. show. It's like, it, what, an hour and a half? Yeah, hour and a half. Nailed it. I did say nailed it 247, down. right? I didn't say 274, right? I think you were right. Seven? Yeah, I think you well, did. It's a, it's, the show definitely has a number, and you just listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this, thank you for that. I'll, ch- I'll sign it out. This is Felix Hergood. You can catch me at Felix Hergood on Twitter, at Felix Hergood, or, or Felix Hergood on Twitch. Felix and right now my primary streaming game is uh definitely going to be resident evil uh three and fallout 76 wait maybe i'll download the final fantasy 7 try that demo dude i want you to try it yeah Yeah, do the demo let us know what you think i'll try it out totally yeah all right, uh, um, I've been Neo Ayoshi. Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash Neo underscore Yoshi and twitch.tv slash Neo Ayoshi. Um, yeah, I'm playing, like, I'm going to be playing Monster Hunter. I'm playing Final Fantasy VII to completion. I'm going to do, I'm going to get through it. Um, I'm playing a whole bunch of other shooters and stuff, uh, all kinds of good stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, so check us out there. I actually am forcing Ezriv's uh, guests of the show to play Monster Hunter with me. So please look forward to that. Nice. Um, I'm I'm forcing her to. I'm dragging her, kicking and screaming. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> All right. She doesn't Go like. Ahead. She doesn't like Monster Hunter. She likes Dauntless, and I'm trying to change that. Oh, okay. That not good. I have to talk about it. Sure. <laughs> Um, and I'm Trip Zero. You guys can find me um, streaming exclusively on Mixer, mixer.com slash Trip Zero TV. And I'm on there. Um, schedule at this point is 12 to 5, Monday through Friday. And we uh, are doing Final Fantasy VII remake entirely until we've 100%ed it. So we've done all the things that there is to do. We're going to do it because I love it. And it's been an amazing, fun time. So that's where you can hang out with me. Thanks for listening. See ya. See you guys. Yeah, we both have that wide ass head. <laughs> I fucking come home one wide day. ass head. I'm not is even funny kidding. Shit. I come home. Yeah, I'll drop it in the boat chats for you guys. Oh, the the butt does it. Wow. I okay. hadn't seen my parents in a fucking while or whatever. I come home after it's quite a transition. Maybe like a year or whatever. Not see my parents. I come back to their house. I was on the road. My mom looks at me and she goes, "Look at you with the pumpkin head." I'm like, "That's not <laughs> what you tell me for confidence boosting." Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>